This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, good Thursday to one and all. It is Taz of the Moose with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We're coming to you live, Rocket Mortgage, by Quicken Loan Studio, Rocket Mortgage. It's uh, home is more than a house. It's personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get Mortgage. You've got Mike and Pete across the way. Bogus with your updates to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. We go 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Attention, hotline fans. Thank you, Pete. What's going on, Taz? How you doing, man? Uh, all good, all good. Uh, we got a special guest coming up later on, Tony Baselli, Jaguars Radio Network analyst, former offensive lineman, former uh, great player. So we've had, I believe we had Tony on in the past, so he'll be on later on. So looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be a good conversation. Um... And we got a lot to get into. We got a BCS that a caller suggested yesterday that we'll get into a little bit later on in the program. Eric from San Diego suggested uh, uh, a special bench cut star, and that'll come your way a little later on in the program as well. Uh, you know, a lot of topics to go on. The uh, Jalen Ramsey is still a Jacksonville Jaguar as we get set for Thursday night football. Week three uh, is upon us this evening, Taz and. You know, with the with everything surrounding Jalen Ramsey, and you hear about the restructuring of the contract in Arizona of Chandler Jones, to where the Cardinals are able to free up about four million dollars in cap space, and they're one of the teams that have had conversations um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars for uh, Jalen Ramsey. We know the reports are that they're looking for two first round draft choices now. You analyze and you look at Jalen Ramsey, the player, you know, he talks about being the number one cornerback in the National Football League. Based on performance, he hasn't played like that over the last year plus, right? So uh, it, it's intriguing when you when you look at Jacksonville and what they ultimately decide to do. You and I both thought he was going to suit up and play, uh, you know, this week for Jacksonville. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. Um, and we also talked uh, yesterday when we were joined by Mike Tannenbaum and trying to repair that relationship, which I would think would be high importance for the Jaguars. Yeah, I still kind of feel like the, like they will. I mean, and you know, and the Titans, I'm sorry, the Titans, the Jaguars going against the Titans tonight, and as you said, Ramsey will play. So, I don't know, I think that especially, let's just say hypothetically they win the game. Let's say the Jaguars win the game. Uh, let's say Jalen Ramsey plays really good, and his teammates, his defensive teammates especially, want him to stay on the team. They want him... They, they want him to be part of this thing. So even though they, they're having a rough start in the beginning of what 0-2, Nick Foles being gone, they got to go at Minshew, the whole nine yards. But I do think that, you know, if let's just say they win the game, uh, I do think that would change things too. Maybe, uh, you know, I, I heard Doug Marone on TV yesterday. I can't remember if it was on the NFL Network or where it was. And he more or less was saying that uh, he, he and Jalen, I'm paraphrasing, have had – you know, issues in the past and stuff like that. They kind of have a tumultuous relationship, but it's kind of like onward and upward, that type of thing. That's kind of what Marone said. He wasn't he wasn't nasty. He didn't bash Jalen Ramsey. He never said he wasn't looking to trade him, but he he never bashed him. And he, and he you know he kind of spoke a little bit positive of him. So I thought that was uh, optimistic optimism for for Jaguar fans. Yeah, here is uh, you hit upon it. Here is the Jaguar coach Doug Marone. 
uh, yesterday talking about his relationship with his star corner. Jalen and I have always had a, a, a good, open relationship where we've always been able to talk. And we sat down yesterday. We talked about, you know, what's going on as far as he and I. And, you know, it's like anything else in this profession. You know, it's, it's behind us now. You know, Ramsey, before the season was talking about a new contract, want to get that, want to get the money. Um, he clearly has asked for a trade, him and his agent. Here he is talking about the contracts. That is Doug Marone. I stay out of that. Again, that's above, you know, what goes on. Um, I stay out of contracts, stay out of that stuff. And my focus is on the guys, you know, that are playing. And, and he's playing and he's on the team. So I don't I don't get involved in that. Now, the interesting thing, when we, and we all know and, and, and how popular, Taz, the National Football League is uh, based on the game, the betting, everything like that, the action each and every week and, you know, how quickly the season does go by, 16 games over the course of 17 weeks. And you've got the Ramsey saga down there in Jacksonville. Um, you throw in what transpired in New York with Eli Manning and Daniel Jones and how he's out the door and on the bench. Not He's still with the team, but he's on the bench and Daniel Jones is your starter. Um, you throw in everything surrounding Antonio Brown. You got Jamal Adams, who was taken out of the game because he started to lose his emotion the other night uh, when they were getting knocked around by the Cleveland Browns. And then he tweets out a video yesterday uh, of a hit that he had on Baker Mayfield and the fact that he got fined $25,000 by the National Football League and, and calling out the NFL League offices. You're seeing more and more of the, you know, more and more distinct personalities in the National Football League, something that has driven the popularity of the NBA that, you know, millennials and young sports fans have kind of been able to connect to, to where they get into the drama. Uh, you're seeing more and more of that here, this year in the National Football League. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Uh, you know, I actually think it's as sometimes as annoying it can get, and it always seems like it's defensive backs and wide receivers, skill position guys, which is pretty interesting, but they always seem like the ones that have some some sort of an issue. Uh, you never hear of like an offensive lineman or something like that no. or a defensive line. But anyway, um, I do think in, in regards to what you're mentioning about the NBA and that kind of um, that vibe there and stuff, that it's definitely there. I, I, in a weird way, I think it's actually good. For the NFL, in a weird way, I just think because it brings a lot of attention and keeps people talking and intrigued about it. And, and when you watch the games, just like the NBA, the NBA is riveting a lot of times for me personally anyway. It's not just because how skilled these athletes are and how massive they are and how, you know, like I said, skilled they are, but it's the characters, it's the personalities. And you, you that character development happens organically just by a lot of these guys, especially with social media and what they do in front of a microphone and how pissed off they get. And I think we're seeing that for for sure, like to your point, with the NFL uh, over over time here a lot. Well, I, I, and do you think it's a case of you know obviously it's it's not the league office driving it or general managers driving it or owners driving it. I mean it's it's obviously the the players that are driving it um, that maybe they're looking toward the, you know everything that's transpired in the NBA where the players have more and more leverage each and every year as every year goes by, where they kind of drive the league where they want to go, when they want to go, agents, power agents like Rich Paul. You know, maybe that's why we're seeing that kind of a transition, Taz, more so than now than ever before in the National Football League. I asked that question to Tannenbaum yesterday, and I, I, I can't remember a time where you're seeing this much. I mean, you see a couple of stories here or there, but I don't remember a time in the in – the, a National Football League where you've seen this much discord or upheaval, Jadavian Clowney, Gordon out. 
Uh, Antonio Brown talking his way out of Oakland, now a member of the New England Patriots. Jalen Ramsey looking to get out. I don't, I don't remember a time where it's been like this. You've, you've had stories like last year. We talked a lot about Le'Veon Bell uh, in the offseason with Pittsburgh. We talked a lot about Antonio Brown. But you know, kind of the stories came and went, and they kind of got resolved in kind of a uh, you know generic kind of a way. You have in these stories more and more this year popping up than, than ever before. I can't remember a time where it being like this. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I agree. And, you know, there's, there's obviously, as you know, there's been the Ocho Cinco's, the Randy Mosses of the world, and we've seen that. Uh, uh, there's always been... It's always been, you know, even way back, you know, uh, with, with Deion Sanders a lot of times, you know, he would be a little, you know, uh, uh, Michael Irvin, but not to this level, this amount. I think also because it's the the time span of it seems like the past, I don't know, I'm roughing it out here, but let's just say two months, it's just been boom, 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 not just one thing after another thing after another guy, another thing. And lately, the past like week and a half, like I said, it's like it's Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, defensive backs. It's it's Jalen Ramsey. It's now Jamal Adams. You know, it's like <laughs> it's 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 I guess the skilled guys and they they're, they're cocky and arrogant and and egotistical on how good they are and they're confident in that and they don't they're not gonna let the team feel bigger than them. I mean, I get that to a degree, um, but it does get. It, they got to be careful, the NFL. If you don't let it, you know, you don't want to. Like you brought up yesterday, you don't want to have a situation where you have players where they're just not happy, and that's it. I want to leave. Let me out. I'm out. I'm out. You just can't have that. And you, like you said, you brought up the Tannenbaum. You know, like that's a problem. That's a problem. You know, um, um, as far as uh, Jamal Adams, you know, tweeting out a video of, of him hitting somebody and getting fined twenty something grand, and him being pissed at the league. I don't blame him. Okay. If, I'm a fan of that guy, first off, and I, you know he he's just a, a an emotional player, an aggressive player. He don't normally don't say too much, but you know, and and he's he's on a bad team right now that's getting some bad luck. And uh, I don't know, I I I watched that Monday night game, and like I said to when we had uh, Connor Hughes on as a guest here, uh, New York Jet beat writer, I said, listen, man, uh, you got to give him a lot of credit because he Jamal Adams played with a lot of emotion in that game, and 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 knew they were the underdog, and they were, and he played hard. And and he didn't care. He knew he took a step and a half to hit Baker Mayfield late. Yeah, it was a penalty and all that. That's bad. But he set a tone. He wanted to set a tone with Baker Mayfield. We're going to pop your arrogant ass if we get a shot at you. And he did that. I respect that out of him. Um, but he, you know, he and all these other guys, it, sometimes it can get to the point. I, I don't think anyone's at the point of an Antonio Brown where it's completely obnoxious and that's what he is, but he's been quiet now since he's on the Pats. Yeah, he's been quiet since he he's a New England Patriot. I mean, um, you know, you hit on something in terms of you know the the branding of the player, and and maybe that's a case when you know you look at guys and and the the young NFL millennial athlete where they're looking to kind of brand themselves or take charge of 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 a certain situation. Um, when they have the power to be able to do so, you got to be an impactful player. You got to be playing an important position, and uh, you know you're not going to be a, the starting center for a team and and making this kind of uh, you know making kind of waves. You're not going to be doing that. But uh, you know maybe it's a, it's a case of you know in the NBA I could understand it, Taz, because the NBA regular season is so long where people kind of get lost in it, um, and so many teams make the playoffs, eight in each conference. That you know, people kind of look at the NBA regular season just like they look at the NHL regular season as you know fun to watch, but generally you know kind of meaningless. You know, you're gonna 
you know, more often than not, teams are going to work their way through. The teams that you expect to make the playoffs are going to be good. Unless they suffer a catastrophic injury, they're going to be there in some way, shape, or form at the end of the year. That's not the case in the National Football League, right? So you know, it, it, to me, it's a distinct difference because it was always about the games. Um, not that the players are not important, but it, it was the games that they were the driving force to the, to the popularity of the sport. Uh, the NBA is a great game, but not in the regular season, in the postseason. And now you're seeing a little bit of a difference now where you're seeing kind of the personalities driving the conversation more than the games, especially early on in the season, which is an interesting transition. And I'm curious to see if it does continue, because if it does continue, then I, I don't know if that's the, exactly what the National Football League would want moving forward, because they want the games to be the most important thing. Yeah, I agree. And and, and the... You know, it always circles back in this day and age to, to social media and how, how athletes are utilizing that. And the NFL players are doing a great job of that, as does the NBA players. Major League Baseball players, I hate to stereotype them, but they really don't. I mean, you don't. I don't know if they're just playing so many damn games they don't have time. I don't know what it is. But, you know, I, I always felt, too, like the NBA because, you know, these guys are not wearing helmets. You know, you could see them competing. Yeah. You could see their face. You know what I mean? And you could build a connectivity to them. Then to contradict myself, you have that with baseball. These guys, you can see their face, but they're just kind of like <laughs> baseball has like this old school feel about it, where you don't make waves, you don't cause issues, you don't, you know, where the NBA or now like to the points we're making the NFL, it's all about you know uh, coming out like a diva. I mean that that's it's especially with social media. I mean there some of these guys, I think a lot of them, I, I don't think they say it. I think not a lot. I think a handful of them have social media managers who tell them how and when and what to do on, on social media. Oh, I don't think there's uh, there's any doubt. Remember the story that came out with Antonio Brown after the Raiders released him, that he um, that he got the advisement of a couple of social media, quote-unquote, experts on how to get himself out of Oakland sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah. There was that story from Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk. It's interesting. I mean, you're right about baseball, you see, but I, I think baseball, there's something inherent with the game in terms of the speed of the game connecting to the young sports fan, you know, and there is with hockey. I think hockey is a better sport when you see it in person, Taz, mm. uh, than if you watch it on TV. It's harder to follow the puck on TV than yeah. it is when you're when you're at an arena and you're watching it in person. I think you get a more of a, a feel for the speed of the NHL athlete, of the hockey athlete, when you're there watching it, and not everyone can get to a hockey game. I think that does hurt the sport when you're trying to cultivate fans from from a television viewing perspective. The NFL is a great viewing sport, as is the NBA. Um, and it, it's it's interesting. The the NFL has got a lot of issues that they got to deal with here moving forward. Certainly, the health of the players and the rules and the speed of the game and seeing old stars retire, Taz, and cultivating new stars and that kind of takes care of itself over the course of time. But they also, general managers, um, they have to now expect the unexpected. With everything that transpired with Andrew Luck and with guys maybe at one point in time trying to use their leverage as an impact player, either A, to get a new contract, or B, force their way out of town, um, that's going to become, I think, more and more prevalent. I think this is a sign of things to come. I really do. And it, it, it's going to be interesting to cover. It's going to be interesting to talk about. But I think kind of the Jalen Ramsey, Trent Williams, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, Antonio Brown go up and down the line. A number of guys that have changed hands, impact players. Some aren't even playing. I think that's going to become more and more prevalent here moving forward. Yeah, I think there's a chance of that for sure. Uh, I definitely do. And, and social media, 
as we know, isn't going anywhere anytime no. soon. It's just going to amp up more and more. No, there's no doubt about it. Um, we're just getting going here on this Thursday morning. Eli Manning of the Giants, he addressed the media yesterday. You'll hear from the former Giants starter. We will do that next. This is Taz, it is Moose on a Thursday morning right here, CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. We'll get into Eli as he spoke with the media yesterday, uh, addressing the situation of him headed to the bench and Daniel Jones getting to start this week as the Giants hit the road to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week three. As Taz mentioned earlier on, Tony Baselli will join us a little later on in the program. Bogus is in here, final uh, first in uh, time on this Thursday morning. What's going on, Andrew? Could be the final moves, you never know. Could be. Good to see you this morning. Taz, good, good to see you, you as well. What's up, AD? fine. The AFC South is on display tonight as the Jaguars host the Titans to open week three. As you guys might have been discussing, Jalen Ramsey will play despite wanting to be traded. Head coach Doug Marone says things are cool between him and the corner after Sunday's sideline shouting match. Also playing tonight is Titans QB Marcus Mariotto. His week began with a quad issue, but Mariotto doesn't appear on his team's final injury report. When you've faced a common opponent as much as we have here, um, it makes these short weeks a little easier. Um, at the same time, though, uh, it's it's a tough defense uh, year in and year out. These guys, since I've been in the league, they've been they've been tough. So we know we have a challenge in front of us. Mariotto has thrown four scores and zero picks through two games, but Titan fans keep asking Mariotto. why the offense isn't even <laughs> better than that. No practice again yesterday for Cam Very Newton. Creative, I'm trying. And his sprained foot, it's looking like Kyle Allen will start Sunday in Arizona. Sean Payton will not name a starting QB for Sunday in Seattle. He apparently wants the Seahawks to prepare for Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Mariano. Hill. Drew Brees had right thumb surgery yesterday. Running back Joe Mixon no longer appears on the Bengals injury report after hurting his ankle in Sunday's loss to the Niners. And the Cowboys have waived former first-round pick Taco Charlton. Uh, they've been trying to trade the D-lineman who has only four sacks in 27 career games. The Houston Astros are the first team to 100 victories this season. Third straight year at the century mark for manager A.J. Hinch. It's one step along the way for us on what we're trying to accomplish this season. I don't want that to be the high note by any means, but I, I want to take a moment and and congratulate our team and, and get to the next game and, and see how many we can win. His Astros beat the Rangers last night 3-2. They currently have the best record in baseball because the Yankees took a 3-2 home loss from the Angels. New York could have clinched the AL East with a victory or a raised loss, but they came from behind for an 8-7 win in 11 at Dodger Stadium. The Yankees also could have clinched a playoff spot last night, which the Astros did as well, but Cleveland won in Detroit 2-1 in 10 to prevent that. The Cubs lose to the Reds 3-2 in 10. The Brewers lose to the Padres 2-1 in 9, so they stay tied for the second NL wildcard. 
Don't get too worried in Chicago or Milwaukee, but the Mets, Taz, the Mets are just three games back, 7-4 winners in Colorado yesterday Can't afternoon. Can't lose the faith. Got to keep the faith. Great comeback win. How about that? Yes. Yeah, despite another idiot decision by their manager. Well, Syndergaard pitched well, too. That happened. Yeah. Not really. Nope. Not even a little bit. And Steph Curry and Damian Lillard say they're on board for USA basketball for the Olympics next summer in Tokyo. Those two, one of the many, 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 many players that passed on the World Cup this summer, at which the Americans finished a very disappointing seventh. Guys? All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Uh, and your Mets got a shot, you guys. Everyone should be celebrating. Pete's got the Meta tire on this morning. Three mm. games out, ten to go. Pete has that on every day this week. No, yeah. he didn't. He had the Taz and the Moose uh, thing on They're yesterday. They're going to break our hearts the last weekend. That's what I'm looking forward That's to. That's really against the Braves, who've I got, like, not. nothing to play for. Well, the Marlins <laughs> first. I get swept. Yeah, the They're making the playoffs. <laughs> Wow. Wow. A bold declaration it's from that Biseglia. It's that kind of season with the ups and downs. This has the vibe of one of those miraculous final weeks. They're making the playoffs. Stick that's, to what's, that's what's nerve-wracking, though, is that they're very streaky, you know what I mean? That's and, true. And when they're hot, they're hot. And when they're not, they're not, as the old cliche goes. And that's the thing. So maybe out there in Colorado, I don't know if the altitude helped them a lot, but, you know, it's nice. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Unless not getting a 7-4 win. You got, you know, as Met fans, those that are Met fans know, it's one game at a time. You just, you can't have too much hope, Mike. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I'm just telling you. They're, well, the they're making the had playoffs. the pitchforks out yesterday after the Mickey Calloway decision. Yeah. Not pinching in for Renee. Right. right. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, Mickey. He almost got a single. It's been <laughs> all, yeah. It's like one day you hate Mickey. One day people hate Mickey. One day they like him. I, nah. I'm, I'm like that with him. Some days one I day like him. One day they hate him less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's true. I'm one day he's palatable. Game. Other days he's not. <laughs> I like his decisions. You would, you goof. <laughs> <laughs> he's just next level thinking. We're not. He's oh. so smart. We can't You're even right, comprehend Mike. what he's, he's doing. That's, it. That's true. It's, it's just so smart. We're like, wow, he's dumb, but it's really just no, a brilliant even, man. Even the universe is like, dude, what are you doing? He leaves Rene Rivera in the game partly for defense and to, ca- to catch Noah Syndergaard. And then the next inning, Noah implodes. They steal three bases on Rivera. Yeah. can't even catch a pitch. He a pitch. No, no, it was horrible. So I know. Genius. Yeah. Well, who's going to catch Noah next? What's the next guy? Pete Bellotti. He asked for, he asked <laughs> for Dr. <laughs> Phil after the game. He'll figure things out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Gee, this is Noah's fault for that, him not being pinch hit. That thing should have never got that, public about him and Ramos. That he is, should have just kept that under wraps. Uh, that that is, he didn't want to catch him from. You know? The Dr. Phil stuff. What would Dr. Phil tell Noah Syndergaard to help him out? Oh, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, I mean, they're all sports psychiatrists. I don't think that that's Dr. Phil. He's just more of a big BS psychiatrist. Is he a real doctor? He is a real doctor. Yes, he is. And he's, uh, he's annoying because... <laughs> He, you you can't go on TV good. and claim yourself a doctor, can you? No, you can't. You can get a lot of Without, trouble. That's yeah. illegal to say I you have a, a medical. Well, he's a legitimate psychiatrist. Yes. Well, that's what I meant. You know, like, you know, at one point, was, was Oprah he... Winfrey gave him his big break. That's right. why we got yes. his big break. Right. So yeah. if she locked in on him, everybody else should. But anyway, he took off like a star, but he, he's annoying and his wife's annoying. So because his wife sits in the audience. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, and watch the show. After, my no. wife used to watch it all the time. She stopped. She tapped out a couple of years ago. And that, and because of the guy's wife, that's why my wife don't like it. Because after the show, he goes into the audience. There's like a little layer of like a deck area, like where there's no seats. And his wife's sitting right in the front there. And then he holds hands with her and walks out of the studio while the rest oh, of the audience is clapping nice. for him. It's annoying as hell. So every she, show he did that. Every show he, he still does wow. it. At the end of the show, he, he that's what he does. She wow. promotes her skincare line too. That's another thing. That's annoying. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that. See, but it makes sense. How do you know that? <laughs> 
I've seen a little bit of Dr. Phil. There you go. Sounds like a lot. When do they promote the skincare line? At the end of the show. On the way out? Like when they're doing the attire provided by Cole Hahn. Not by Target or anything. North Texas, the PhD. There you go. He actually played football at North Texas, I believe. He was a football player. Nice. Yeah, he did play football. And because sometimes he'll intimidate some of the people on the show, like some of the deadbeat dads or something like that. Like he's got Well, Noah's asking for help. Yeah, well, he needs some help. Maybe Dr. Phil. Hey, look, if there's a camera around, Dr. Phil will help him. Hey, don't throw no the doubt. fastball straight. There's your help. <laughs> Who's the latest guy? There was somebody not that was in entertainment that asked for Dr. Phil's help, and they did an interview. Uh, oh, uh, Bam Margera. Oh, uh, from, the guy from uh, Jackass. M- M- yes, yeah, MTV. Ben Jackass, Margera, so. right? Yeah. Correct. He is, uh, you know, uh, yeah. He's got a substance abuse problem. I, I think he asked publicly for Doctor Phil's help. And then oh. Doctor Phil reached out to him, and he went on his show or went on something. There was video of him, Ben Margera, and Doctor Phil talking. And I now should, he's cured. That is no. I don't know. It's just strange. Like if, <laughs> if you're Ben Margera. Watching, watching him in that MTV show he used to have, and where he is now, and all the Jackass movies and everything and the like, and then him reaching out to Doctor Phil publicly. Yeah, but well, he's got a he's got a substance abuse problem, though, right? I mean, why well, if you? But if you, I he mean, he was young during the, that that Jackass thing, right? He was a kid, probably. How old? Yeah, why? those but guys I mean, were young. Shouldn't you fix this in private? Private, I yeah, guess. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, it almost seemed like a publicity stunt, right? Trying to get on. Oh, I hope not. Well, I mean, yeah. if you're, I mean, there's a lot of people that go find help without. Getting Doctor Phil's help—that's true. <laughs> I mean, I well, I mean you can help. get it without a tweet asking for it. Like, have your agent talk to his agent and hook I, it up. I could uh. give him part of my 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 four hundred one k the help I need from him. So I need psychiatry help from Doctor Phil. He would get me. He would understand uh, me. Well, but Long Island has the best as we've gone through it. I'm sure there's a great therapist on Long Island. You don't have to go to Doctor Phil. Uh, I don't. I, Mm, I, don't, I guess I don't have to go out to North Texas <laughs> or California where his studio is. I'm sure there is somebody in Long Island that could help me. I'm sure. Yeah. So I don't like your mood today. You shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so you shouldn't. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so we'll see what Noah does in his next start. But the Mets are just three out, ten games to go So for are the them. Phillies, by the way. And so are the Philadelphia. Which is nice. Two in the loss yeah, column. The Brewers nice. lost last night. The Cubs lost to the Reds as Bogus ran through. So it'll be interesting last week and a half here of the MLB regular season. Eli Manning yesterday at his locker uh, at the practice facility uh, addressed the media talking about his benching. um, And Daniel Jones now the starter week three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Let's roll through the cuts, Pete. Let's start with two. Uh, He basically knew... That was just a matter of time until Jones was going to be the starter. Take a listen. You can wish all you want. That's not the way it played out. And, and uh, you know, so uh, in some ways, you, say, you know, I signed up for this. No one, uh, you know, when you draft a young quarterback, this this can happen. And, um, you know, I got to, I gotta, you know, live with it and, and make the best of it. How about the benching? I knew, knew there was a possibility and, you know, just said, hey, I'll, I'll handle it and uh, I'll support Daniel and I'll, I'll do, um, you know, I'll be a good teammate and, and, you know, do what I'm told. Yeah, how about Pat Shermer talking about the decision to bench Manning and start Jones? To this point, I think it's safe to say in our minds, he's checked off all the boxes and everything that we've asked him to do. Um, And so we'll get him ready to play, uh, put a plan together that he can utilize, and we'll go to work. Yeah, they are going to go to work this week against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Daniel Jones credits Manning uh, for being kind of a, not kind of, but a mentor to him. We had that conversation, and then we went about our our Tuesday preparing and watching film like um, 
like we have, um, you know, the first two weeks. So, um, you know, I, I'm certainly certainly very very grateful and, and appreciative of um, of his support um, since I've gotten here. Yeah, I mean, so there you have it, Daniel Jones, and and he's going to be your giant starting quarterback. Uh, even if things don't go well, uh, I would I would imagine the only way that he comes out of a game, Taz, is if uh, uh, he should get, unfortunately, injured in one of these games. Uh, I don't think it's going to be de- due to poor performance unless he's just, you know, one one touchdown, 12 interceptions, uh, you know, god-awful, maybe then. But I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be that bad. Uh, the error for the Giants, as we discussed yesterday, comes to an er- end for Eli Manning, and the Jones error does begin. Yeah, I mean, and I have to say, uh, in my opinion, I, I feel like Eli Manning, and I, and I watched some of his uh, reaction when he was interviewed, and besides, we just heard some of it here. Um, I respect him. He's definitely taken a high road. He's taken it, he's handled it like a pro, at least publicly. I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but, you know, I mean, I, I think it's nice that, that he, he is, it seems like he will try to help this young man, but... Um, you know, I just think publicly he put on a happy face and he did the right thing, and, and I respect Eli Eli Manning even more, not just for how great of a quarterback he is and was. Well, you know, he's not anymore as great as he was, but how his greatness of all the years on the Giants and, and just taking the high road like that was, was pretty cool to, to hear and see. Yeah, and, um, you know, I didn't, I, I, you know, I kind of, you hear it, it's refreshing. You don't expect anything different, Tass. He really doesn't make waves. You know, he doesn't really give you all that much when he gets interviewed, you know, whether it be on radio or at the locker. You know, he's dealt with a lot and a lot of drama here as a giant. Uh, he's had a lot of success, and unfortunately for him, there's also been a lot of failure, and he's also up there in age, and, you know, he gets it. He doesn't have to think all that long ago when when he was a rookie quarterback and, the Giants had no emotional connection to Kurt Warner, but Kurt Warner was brought in to be the you know the bridge to the Eli Manning era, and it was going to be uh, you know, there was going to be a time where Eli's run with the Giants was going to come to an end. Um, it's great that he's taken on this role. He was asked the question, um, and he's handled it with class, as you mentioned. He was asked the question, Taz, uh, you know, would you be interested in in going to another team and. You know, he joked around about learning how to run a scout team. He said that he thought he's, he did a pretty good job running the scout team, <laughs> if he does say so himself. But he also said he's taking it day by day. Um, that, you know, he's taking it one day at a time here moving forward. So could he waive his no-trade clause or walk into the room and demand a trade, uh, you know, a couple weeks from now? I guess he left that door open. He didn't close it. He didn't say that I would never do that or I'm looking to finish out the season here or I'm not looking to leave this organization. He didn't do that. He said, I, you know, I'm taking it one day at a time. So, I mean, that or, that door is still open, but it's a case of him wanting to drive that, uh, as we were talking about with other instances, him going to the Giants and basically saying, I want out. Yeah, I guess he's just got to figure out what he's got to do here. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, and we talked a lot about it yesterday, his excellent career. Um, let's, it's the end for him with the Giants, as we know. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I was reading it yesterday. I think the guy finished, like, he's at, like, seventh or eighth, I think it is, in career all-time passing yards. I mean, that that's Eli Manning. So, you know, uh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, so if anybody who doubts how great this guy is or, you know, was, I should say, you got you to gotta remember that. That's a pretty important stat. That's a pretty big deal right there. And the Super Bowl victories and all this stuff. So. We'll head down to New Orleans. Who's starting for the Saints on Sunday as they take on the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, we'll get into that. We know it's not going to be Drew Brees. We'll do that next. It's Taz and Moose on a Thursday morning right here, CBS Sports Radio. Hey, what's up? This is your boy, Oscar De La Hoya, and you're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio.
It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. Uh, Thursday morning, Taz and the Moose with you. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Taz the Moose, at official Taz, at Mark Malusis. Make sure to download that podcast each and every day. StitcherRadio.com, Apple Podcast as well. Uh, 855-212-4CBS is your number to call. And here is Sean Payton, the Saints head coach, talking about his quarterback situation down in New Orleans. Who gets the start coach against the Seahawks? Sean, do you plan to announce a starter before the game, or will you keep the uh, option open? I probably won't make any. You know, I'm, I'm more apt to not make any announcements, uh, you know, that's just typically what we don't do. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, typically you don't have to because, you know, Drew Brees is going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's getting that question on a week-in, week-out basis. And now he's getting that question now uh, because Brees had surgery for the torn ligaments in his thumb on Wednesday, Taz. He's done for the next month and a half or so. Uh, and now you look at it, whether it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill. And I like Hill as a player. I don't like him as... Uh, the ultimate quarterback and and playing every single down down in New Orleans uh, or this week out in Seattle against the Seahawks. So um, I know he's trying to keep that Seahawks team on their on their heels a little bit, and I think you'll probably see both guys play. But I would be surprised if Bridgewater doesn't play the majority of the time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said, and especially you're going on the road and, and you're going to play Seattle. You know, you, you just you're going against a coach and a Pete Carroll who's just a sharp guy, he's a smart guy. And he's been around the block uh, a few hundred times. He knows what he's doing. So why tip your hand? You know, if so, if you're if you're Sean Payton, I don't know, man. It's kind of smart. It's kind of like you know, it's it's not like it's groundbreaking that he's going to keep it on the D-Lo, who his quarterback's going to be. But I think you're right. I think, and I like Taysom Hill too. But like you just said, I agree with you. Like not as the full-term quarterback. He's great in gadget situations and stuff like that. He's excellent as a slot receiver at times. We see him do it come out of the backfield. He is a, the ultimate utility player um, for you know for the Saints for sure, but you know for uh, you know for for the Seahawks they're probably sitting waiting and now they got to prepare you know Ken Morton, Ken Norton Jr. the defense coordinator for the Seahawks he's got to prepare for potentially two quarterbacks he don't know and, and you know so he's got to figure that out I'm sure they're in the process of doing that I mean the Seahawks defense yeah and and uh, for sure um, but, and I I would expect then I, I think at times I mean I got a sense when when Breeze was the starter there were times that you know Peyton got a little too cute with Taysom Hill um, and taking Breeze off the field how good of a quarterback he is I get the third and shorts fourth and shorts Taz you know his Hill is a you know a very very physical runner at the quarterback spot and you know, has the ability, uh, which is a good ability. Not not a lot of big guys, uh, you know. I remember Brandon Jacobs with the Giants, who was a terrible short yardage back, even uh, given his size at 6'4", 6'5". Hill is very, very good in those short situations, short and, uh, you know, uh, you know, third and short, fourth and short situations. I don't know how great of a thrower of the football he is. And maybe he'll prove me wrong on Sunday and maybe he'll throw the ball a lot. I, I would think he's going to get a lot more burn than when Breeze is at quarterback because we know Bridgewater's not Drew Breeze. But you, know, you, you, you paid Teddy Bridgewater $7 million. He's the highest paid backup in the National Football League you know, for a reason. Did right. you not? I mean, right. you know, some people think he's the heir apparent to Drew Breeze down in New Orleans. We talked about it earlier in the week. He's got a golden opportunity. I yeah. mean, this is an opportunity for Bridgewater for the next six weeks to – 
to show himself to be a reliable starter on a really good team. We talked about the support staff. You and I both thought that the Saints could keep their head above water over the course of the next six games to when Breeze does return, <clears throat> that they could still be a playoff contender. Now, I would think that, you know, that you would want to you pay Bridgewater that kind of money that you know he's predominantly going to be running that offense. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. I, I completely agree with you. I, I, and you know, uh, is what's the point of paying him seven million dollars? Correct. Then? Correct. And he he's and you know this like you know he's experienced. He's got like five six years in the league. You know, and a guy he tore the ACL and dislocated his kneecap and, and all that. So all that stuff happened with the Vikings and all that. You know, um, a couple of years couple of years back, he's, but he's only twenty six years old. He's a young guy. I, I believe in Bridgewater, and I do think a full week as the starter in practice, working with the starting offensive line and, and working with, with Kamara Moore and Michael Thomas and getting used to the pattern, those guys chatting and talking after practice, offline, when they're home or whatever, just like the offensive weapons would do with Drew Brees, and they've done for years. Now it's Bridgewater, and these players know that. These guys are all professional athletes. These guys are pro football players. They know now, okay, Teddy's our guy, you know, and, and, and you know, they're going to lean on him. I'm telling you, I think he's going to play well. I think Bridgewater's going to play well, and I understand he's on the road. I understand it's tough playing in Seattle. I get it, but I think he's going to play pretty good. Now, when you mean by you believe in Bridgewater, you believe in Bridgewater to be a um, – a quarterback that's a difference maker or a game manager? Like, how much do you believe in Teddy Bridgewater? To win the game. To not not be the sole reason, but with their weapons, he's he is a good enough okay game manager and, and distributor. Which is kind of an insult when guy, when you hear about a quarterback being a game manager because that means, you know, you're you kind of manage the talent around you instead right. of well, being part of a, Instead of being part of the you know winning, you're part of the winning well, equation, but you're not the reason, the driving right, force to the win. I get your point, but he like he hasn't played steadily steadily enough, and 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 one week of as a starter working with the starters going to Seattle, I I don't think that's going to make him the star of the team. I do think he's got enough weapons around him to distribute the ball to yep. those weapons. That's my point. I do think over a couple of weeks, though, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a non-conversation in a positive way because he's going to be doing well. And the Saints have a good football team. It isn't just Breeze. They do have a really good team. Yeah, they, they do. And and listen, I, I hope you're right. I mean, I, you know, who wasn't a fan of Bridgewater and what he did when Charlie Strong was the head coach of Louisville um, and he was a great oh, yeah. college quarterback yeah. and then came into the National Football League and got picked apart by scouts of what he couldn't do, Taz, and then you saw him have some success initially in Minnesota with the Vikings before you mentioned he suffered that devastating non-contact injury during the course of, of practice. Grotesque to the point where teammates in Minnesota were actually throwing up on the sideline right. on the field well, after witnessing that kind of injury. And to come all the way back now and to have this opportunity, you got to remember also, Bridgewater had an opportunity to leave New Orleans in the offseason. You know, the, the Miami Dolphins came calling, mm. and, and he decided to stay in New Orleans and stay with the Saints and you know, didn't have the opportunity to start right the way, right away, but enjoyed his experience in New Orleans as a part of that organization. And amazingly enough, now he gets an opportunity starting week three. Now the reports are that he's going to split time. I think I hope you're right. I hope he once again establishes himself as the guy because I think that's what New Orleans is hoping for. As we see a little age on Drew Brees, Taz, I think they're hoping that he establishes himself, then he becomes the. The guy, the heir apparent, not just being a good teammate and a good backup quarterback, 
but becomes the guy that can take over for Breeze when Breeze is done. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I I believed in Britt when he was with the Vikings. You know, I believed, and he was he was young too, but he did well, and a lot of people were chatting him up and. And and the money he was making, and I, he was doing well. I thought he was. Some people didn't believe in him. I believed him. I don't know about you. I, I believed in him. Um, and he showed glimpses of really uh, excellence. And he's got a lot more experience now. And he's been humbled. He's been injured badly, and and he battled back. This guy's got heart. This guy's got intestinal fortitude, as this, the the expression goes. He has that. He has fortitude. He has toughness. He has desire. He, you know, that rehab process for that knee, that leg must have been gr- gruesome for him. No doubt. So, I don't know. I just, I don't know if something about him, maybe I'm being corny, maybe I feel corny. I I believe he's going to do well for this team. I, I hope you're right. I, I believed in him more in college than I have probably of what I've seen in the NFL. Um okay. I loved him at Louisville. That Sugar Bowl game, remember when Louisville beat Florida yeah, in that yeah, Sugar Bowl yeah. game and... You know, they were, uh, I believe, a double-digit dog going into that game, and they beat them outright and embarrassed the Florida Gators. Um, you know, that that was a good night uh, to be on Louisville and rooting for Teddy Bridgewater. I thought I loved him in college. Tessa, I, I don't know if I've seen that evolution in Bridgewater. Even though he's had some success, he had a great defense up in Minnesota, good ground game when he had Adrian Peterson run the football up there. We all remember, remember they played that game out in the cold At Minnesota Stadium, the Golden Gopher Stadium, when they were building that new stadium up there in Minnesota. Um, You know, the game that Blair Walsh misses the field goal late, uh, and the Seahawks are able to march on to the next round. Um, I'd like to to believe what you're saying, and that rings true. And I'm going to be rooting for him Sunday to play well. I also got to see a little bit more from Bridgewater, and maybe we'll see it. Yeah, hopefully he can stretch the field, you know, get the ball downfield to Michael Thomas, not not so much check down stuff. Even though you got a guy like Kamara coming out of the backfield, but... That's one of the knocks on him in his passing. He just never really stretched the field. You know, his, his legs did a lot for him. When he was young with the Vikings, he ran the ball well, and that's just said with Louisville. But, you know, maybe after that injury, that gruesome injury we discussed in 2016, maybe he's not as confident in his lower body and to move down the field full speed. And defensive players now, as you know, they can't go for your head. They can't go for a higher hit. So they all go for the knee, and you see more guys getting their knees blown out because of the whole concussion and fining and yada yada. So maybe that all crosses through your brain. When you get an injury like that, I'm telling you from experience from a different business, uh, as, a, as a professional wrestler, you know, you get injuries to certain body parts, you want to avoid that <laughs> because you're not as confident as everybody thinks. You come off like you are, but you're not. I was in a business where I was able to avoid it with my opponent because it's entertainment, uh, even though it's physical. But for a pro football player, you can't avoid it, you know? Yeah, it takes so. a while to trust it again, right? Right, exactly. That's my point. Yeah, yeah I mean, it does yeah. uh, take a while to come True. back that's around it. and, and yeah. trust it. So we'll see what Bridgewater does and Taysom Hill uh, do for the New Orleans Saints this weekend. Uh, as they take on the Seattle Seahawks, and as the, as you know, the days go by here, Taz. He's not hopping on social media, creating the same distraction he did out in Oakland. But you know, the video of Antonio Brown that went viral a few days ago of him getting a medical treatment at a doctor's office and passing gas in the doctor's face and laughing about it, and then TMZ going with the video, and then. And then Antonio Brown actually tweeting, or I think it was on Instagram, posting the conversation that he had with the doctor as people were all bothered and perturbed uh, by the fact that he was ha- passing gas in the doctor's face and the doctor getting kind of getting kind of excited the fact that he's becoming a star and t- he's on TMZ and the videos on TMZ. I mean, he is. 
he is a strange and and weird and honestly, I, I, there's a lot of other things you can say about Antonio Brown as the day is long. He really is. I mean, yeah, the video is very funny. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah. But to post the conversation between him and that doctor then on Instagram to kind of defend himself is also strange as well. Yeah, and, and the worst part of the whole thing for, for the doctor, for Dr. Prisk, uh, Antonio Brown owes him $11,000 still. How's that? <laughs> Well, that's the, <laughs> like if you're the doctor, then why would you be playing nice in, in a conversation, in a texting conversation, being all fired up that you're on TMZ if someone owes you eleven grand? Yeah, and, and Brown says to the doctor, I had, "I had a lot of fiber, bro. I mean, like so, I was laughing off camera. It's like craziness. I mean, uh, he's an odd cat, Antonio Brown. I'm sure the doctor just played along, but." <laughs> Hey, Antonio, you got enough people saying you owe the money. Pay the doctor. But would you ever, if you were still wrestling right now and you're getting a medical treatment, would you have somebody on the Taz team videoing you getting that medical treatment? No, I wouldn't do that unless I knew I was going to pass gas. No, no, I wouldn't. wouldn't, Your point, I wouldn't do that. It's just just odd. It is weird. He's he's just just very, very odd. Uh, We got a special... Caller-driven BCS coming your way next. Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.